Hi, friends, and welcome to the very first episode of the Standing O podcast with me, Coach D. And if you're listening to this episode on the day that we launched this podcast, it it comes on a very special day for me, and that is because today would have been my dad's 70th birthday. And I picked this day to launch it because if you really want to know me and you really want to know the heart of the Standing O podcast, it really is anchored in my dad. You know, I think of a of a of a playground and all the little kids and how every argument there is one with like, well, my dad is bigger than your dad. And, you know, that was totally me as a kid. You know, my dad knew everything. He was strong. He was smart and he could fix anything. And in my eyes, my dad was a superhero. And no matter how old I got, my dad was who I went to for help. He was the first I went to for advice and for money, of course. But truthfully, my dad is the reason I became a coach. I just saw the joy that it gave him, the passion and the purpose that coaching provided for him. And I just, I admired the relationships that he was able to build through coaching. But most of all, I just saw this love that he had for, I saw the love in his eyes for coaching, for his athletes, for sport. And I wanted to be a part of that. You know, when I close my eyes and I try to picture my childhood, what I just hear this, this background noise coming from the living room and it's the fuzzy sound of the TV and it's the, it's the squeak of shoes on a hardwood and the whistle of the referee and on Sundays it's that quiet whisper of those announcers because they have to whisper for some reason because golf is always a whisper and it's always on Sundays but also I could hear the cursing and the yelling of my dad at the TV and that was just who we were that was my childhood and more than just what we watched on TV, it's what we did. I mean, my dad was a college track coach and he coached at the college level for 30 years. And so our vacations were to track meets. And I think, you know, my friends uh, growing up, they'd go spring break, they'd go skiing. And I would go to Indianapolis because that's where the NCAA championship track meet was. And I'd get nachos and bleacher butt. And, you know, it was fun because that's what we did. That was the heartbeat of my family. And um, I had a small family, really. It was just me and my little brother and my, my mom and dad. But because my dad was a coach, I had this instant family of big brothers and sisters. And oftentimes growing up, me and my brother, we would go to practice with my dad. And we'd spend our time, you know, high, playing on the high jump pit or playing in the Santa long jump pit. We love to make obstacle courses out of the hurdles on the infield. But all the while we're doing that, we're watching. I mean, we loved my dad's athletes because what they just seemed so big and so strong and so fast and just so cool to us. I mean, I wanted to drive the cars they drove. I wanted to wear what they were wearing. I wanted to be like them. And so that's what I became. You know, as a coach's kid, turned college athlete, I got asked a lot, like, did your dad force you to do sports? Did you do it because you had to? And the answer is no. I honestly 
can't remember my dad ever telling me what I should do or what I had to do. I just wanted to. I wanted because I saw it every day. To me, it looked like fun. Um, and that's why I wanted to share him with you. I wanted to share how I saw him. I, I feel like it will shape this podcast because truthfully, I feel like his legacy is what we need today. It's what we need in sport and in coaching. And really, it's what we need in our leadership and in our relationships. For my dad, sport and life, it wasn't separate. It wasn't like an isolated endeavor that built up a bio or built up stat sheets and credibility. He saw sport as an opportunity, as an opportunity to make us better people, to give us, you know, a different tangent in our life. And um, that's what I feel like is missing. And I think there's nothing that shows that better or that illustrates who he was more than this pre-competition ritual that we shared. So like I said, you know, my dad was a track coach and I got to run for him in college. So every meet I had, I was lucky enough that my dad was there. And so before any of my races, you know, I'd be, I'd be getting ready to go to the start line and be standing there in my uniform and my dad would walk up behind me and he you know he had this quirky little style that his athletes always like to tease him about how he had you know the the roster tucked into the back of his pants and he wore tennis shoes with khakis and you know if he was thinking or concentrating he always like stuck his tongue out and he would like chew on it and i mean he was just had this quirky style and it was so funny but um he would always come up behind me. I could always count on it. He would always find me and he'd stand behind me and he'd grab my arms and he'd pull them behind me so he could stretch out my shoulders. And then he'd shake them out a little bit and then he'd, he'd do it again this time, probably putting like the left hand over the right over the right hand this time. And this whole time that he's doing this, he's talking to me. You know, he's telling me to picture my race, um, to concentrate on just me and not worry about the people beside me to just focus on my hurdles. And then after all that, he would take my arms down and then he'd slap me, just slap me pretty hard actually, right on my shoulder blades as just this kind of way to like excite me, to get me going, to almost, it's like it was like osmosis, like him putting his confidence into me. And even now, all these years since I've raced, years since he's been gone, I I think of that moment often and I search my brain trying to actually hear him, to actually hear his voice and what were those exact words that he told me. Like I wanted to read like a movie. You know how in a movie everything will be like they'll say something in the beginning and then it's like so beautifully woven in throughout the movie and everything comes so you know, to a perfect bow at the end. Like I, I, I search, I'm searching for that. Like, what was his slogan? What was it that he said? And the truth is I can't find one thing. I can't find that exact thing. For me, it isn't a single phrase. It was several, almost several things come, come back to me. I, I, um, I think about in high school, um, I ran the four by 400 relay and I was always the second leg. And my dad would, you know, when he was doing our pregame ritual, he would always say, Erica, 
you're the fastest runner on the second leg. And now that I'm a coach, I realize he was, there's no way really that he knew I was the fastest on the second leg. And I'm sure he was probably BSing it, but I didn't question it. That's the thing. I didn't question him. I trusted him. I believed him. And I went out there and every time I ran as though I was the fastest on my leg in that relay. And there's a, I did a cross country and um, I don't run much now, but I think of, he was also really great at not just this inspirational wisdom, but he had great technical advice. And I think sometimes that's so important because if you're stuck in a rut or you're kind of stuck in a pace or you're in your comfort zone, sometimes if you have a concrete thing to focus on, um, it really helps just kind of like click it up to the next gear. And I think, I don't know why this one sticks out in my, in my brain, but in cross country, if we'd go up a hill, he'd always say, as soon as you get to the top of the hill, you need to accelerate for three strides. And I don't know, maybe that one stands out because of that, like, specific advice or maybe now it's more metaphorical to me um but i remember that and i you know there's other times where i remember talking to him about being upset with a teammate and this one time specifically i remember just being frustrated because i love track so much and i really thought our team could be great and we could break these records and i was really frustrated with a teammate because she didn't see it how i saw it and i almost was going to him i think to be validated in a sense, like, you know, Erica, you're right and she's wrong. But I remember him saying, Erica, you can only control what you can control. And man, that advice has stuck with me all these years later. And I say all that, but I also want to say that my dad wasn't this like Mr. Miyagi type or Mr. Rogers type. Like, yes, he was full of wisdom. He was full of wisdom but he was loud and he had a temper and I, and I was a kid, you know, and I, I, I know I was a stupid kid lots of times and I was a really sarcastic kid. So there were several times I remember he told me to stop being a smart ass. That was a favorite phrase of his, but I say all that because when I think of him, when I'm going through something difficult, I instantly see myself. I see myself at the starting line. And there's hurdles in front of me. And I can see the finish line, but it's it's not like a stark finish line. It's almost like I'm looking through heat waves. Like it's this shimmering kind of shifting finish line, but I can see it. And it's not his words that I hear first. It's not any phrase, any slogan that he would say. It's not his words that I lean into. It's his presence. It's the fact that I can feel him behind me, still encouraging me, still believing in me, still instructing me to run my own race. You know, all those years ago, I was, I was dreaming of being a college athlete, and then I was one. And I never contemplated the impact of grief or the lessons that my dad would continue to teach me even when he wasn't physically here. But here's the thing I hope you hear from me today, that my dad's presence was louder than his voice. 
all these years later, when I feel stuck or self-conscious or like I'm going to fail at something or not be good at something, it's like I feel that slap on my back. And I remember someone believes in me. And that makes me stand a little bit taller. You know, my dad wasn't perfect. He was raw. He was always late. He swore. Um, I remember one time when I was a little kid, like one of my very first memories was crawling into my mom's lap because my dad, all of a sudden, you know, this fun, loving dad, he was in the kitchen on the phone and he was just loud and he was swearing up a storm and he was probably talking about some baseball game and the Cubs losing or something. But yeah, he had a mouth on him. He could swear, swear it up. Um, he told dirty jokes, not usually in my presence, but I know he told them. Um, he always had salsa on his shirt and sunscreen, like gobs of sunscreen stuck on his mustache or in his ear somewhere. But the thing is, my dad was who I needed. And I'm eternally grateful that that strong presence that he was when he was here. It's not his words that comfort me. It's it's the fact that I knew he was always behind me. I knew that I knew that I knew he was always behind me. And he is still pushing me forward. In a world today that is so full of noise and distraction and negativity, may his legacy be a reminder that we have an opportunity. We have a choice. Not to say, but to be. To be that strong tower. To be a presence. Because I can say this because I've lived it. Legacy lasts beyond the finish line. So thank you. Thank you for letting me share my dad, Coach Steve Lynn, with you today. These days, I'm a mom, a wife, a coach, a speaker, a lot of other things that we seem to add to our bios as we age. But in my eye, I'm still daddy's girl. I'm still an athlete. I'm still chasing dreams and learning about life and myself through victory and defeat. And my guess is that no matter your age or your stage of life or what you do, that you're still that athlete too. You're still clearing hurdles as best that you can. And that's why I'm so glad you're here. My dad was a consummate storyteller. Um, He knew somebody everywhere he went and he had the greatest of conversations. And while I'm not nearly um, the storyteller that he was, I hope you see pieces of that, that the Standing O podcast, that we're going to share stories together. We're going to tell stories. We're going to have fun conversations, hard conversations, because that's my hope for this podcast, that is a positive presence in your life and that it can encourage you to be confident and stand for yourself and dream big. So please hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, and let me know what you'd like to hear more of. I'm Coach D, and I'm cheering for you.